Susan for faithfully coming every Sunday morning and preparing coffee and food. I don't know what Matthew would do if there wasn't food on Sunday mornings. <laughs> and geez, it's either between Kathy and Susan, they take care of that boy. We're thankful. As you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, uh, let me just give a little introduction and a review. As we started last week on weatherproofing your life for the storms of life, Holy Spirit gave us a message on being wise and building on the rock. You know the story. If you don't, you can remember the song from Children's Church, I hope, that the foolish man built his house upon the sand, then the rains came down and the winds blew, and his house went... That's the way I always sang it. Do <laughs> you like that one, Martha? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what my dad always taught us to sing. You know, the house went flat. But the wise man built his house upon the rock, and when the rains came and the winds blew, his house stood firm. Then we ended our teaching last week with Proverbs 10.25, and after the storm swept through, the wicked were taken, and the righteous stood firm forever. If your house is built upon the rock, you will stand firm through all of the storms of life. How can I be confident and assured of that? That's what we're going to talk about last uh, this morning. Last week was be wise. This morning is to be confident. As the, we are called human beings, not human doings. So there are things that we are to be and the Holy Spirit uh, has given us wisdom through the Scriptures, the written Word of God that will help us know what we are to be. Um, last week when we came to the culmination of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, uh, we looked at Matthew 4 5, or 5 and 6 as the constitution of the kingdom. Those are the things that we know that we ought to be doing. They are called be attitudes, not do attitudes. They're called be attitudes. And so I think that in weatherproofing for the storms of life, we need to be reminded of some things that we ought to be. Number one, we need to be wise. Because if we don't have wisdom and we don't prepare the right foundation, then when the storms of life come, we will be blown over. Our house will fall flat. And we will spend our lives continually rebuilding what we had built on a foundation that we should have never built on. Can I get an amen or an oh me? We need to be confident. So we're going to talk about that this morning and being confident. Confident in who you are and confident in what you believe. Mainly confident in what you believe. And then next week we're going to talk. This message this morning will take us to a place where we will end going into next week's message. We need to be patient. If you're going to weatherproof your life for the storms of life, you must learn to rest. I don't want to preach next week's message. Then we will end on the last Sunday of August, August 29th, with um, baptism. Who wants to be baptized? You can put it on the app or you can let us know. I think we have a couple of children that are going to be baptized and maybe one adult if anyone else needs to be baptized. But that message that week, will we need to be brave. Okay. 
I need to be maybe more bold than brave to tell you a few things. But this morning we're going to look at being confident. Do you know children will believe just about anything you tell them? They're innocent. They're gullible. Some are smarter than others. But for the most part, children, especially from adults that they trust, will believe anything that you tell them. They are undiscerning otherwise until they are educated. Either by teaching or by experience, they can become educated. Then they can learn discernment. And when they learn discernment, they won't be as gullible and they won't believe everything. It's called the maturation process. It's it's called becoming mature. Uh, they, a lot of times children are unable to di- differentiate between what is true and what is false. They have a difficult time between reality and fantasy. Sometimes there's adults that have a difficult time discerning between what is fantasy and what is reality. I mean, we've even had to create television shows called reality television because people could not I mean in the old days it was fantasy they were called soap operas and my dad would tell a story of a woman raising her hand in Wednesday night prayer meeting requesting prayer for a serious surgery that was to take place a few days later he asked how the surgery went oh he passed away oh I'm so sorry to hear that my dad said she said oh yeah it was such and such on as the stomach turns She had requested prayer for someone on a soap opera because she couldn't discern between fantasy and reality. Sad. Easily deceived, carried away by every wind of doctrine. As believers, any believers in the house, any believers watching online this morning, as believers, we must be strong and confident in order to be safe from instability. If I have found out anything in 22 years of pastoring, I know I don't look older than 25, but in 22 years of pastoring, I have found out that there are a lot of unstable Christians tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and teaching that would come down the pike. Would you look at the screen, and I hope that it will be up there. I hope I made a slide for this. Sound doctrine is a necessity. So many people don't know what they believe, and because they don't know what they believe, they are not confident in the one in whom they believe, and they're definitely not confident in who they are. That's why churches are crumbling. And I don't mean a building, and, uh, you know, I have friends that have had to close their buildings in the last 22 months. Um... But can I prophesy to you, the church of the living God is not crumbling. What we need is some men and women of God that will square their backs like a T-rail and they will stand in pulpits and they will declare truth. Sound doctrine. Can I tell you what sound doctrine is? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I feel the preach coming on me. Jesus is sound doctrine. You don't have to go beyond Jesus. Jesus is sound doctrine. It is a necessity for us to preach Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. It is Jesus uh, living a sinless life, crucified, buried, risen again, ascended, and now seated at the right hand of the Father where I am seated with Him. 
Quit having such an earthly perspective that you're no heavenly good. You've got to be so heavenly minded that you're a lot of earthly good because you are seated in heavenly places. We need sound doctrine. Sound doctrine is Jesus. I ought to have some Baptists that really get behind this message that we need sound doctrine. Not to criticize my charismatic brothers and sisters, but kind of sometimes we get blown around and thrown around and tossed around with following after this sign and after that wonder, and then we get all types of teaching, and we just get, we're all over the place, and we don't have any sound doctrine. Let's come back to Jesus. Let's, Jesus is the center of our lives. Jesus. We want to paint a beautiful picture of Jesus everywhere we go. From the pulpit to the pews, in our school systems, in our workplaces, on the bus, uh, in the airport, wherever we are, we ought to be painting a beautiful picture of Jesus. Wow, let's just close it up and go home right now. That was a good message. Jesus is sound doctrine. Without it, the church, you, me, our lives would crumble because there's no anchor. There's no anchor in the storm of life if we don't preach Jesus. He is an anchor for the storms of life. A ship without an anchor will get tossed all over the sea. If you're, now listen to this. If you're built on the rock, like we talked about last week, it does not mean that you will not get dashed against the rocks of life. Let's look at the storms of Paul's life. He got dashed against the rocks many times, but that didn't mean that he wasn't built on the rock. He was built on the rock. And because he had confidence of his life being built on the rock, when the storms did dash him against the rocks, he knew he wouldn't lose his life. You won't lose your life. Because he came to give you life and that more abundantly. That's for the here and now. Eternal life is for after you breathe your last breath. But it began the moment that you believed and now you, he wants you to live an abundant life in the here and now. So jump with me over to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We'll build a foundation to launch this message to give you some resources and materials to continue to weatherproof your life. Isn't that good? Isn't that good you can come to a place and get some materials and resources that will help you weatherproof your life so that you can weather the storm? We need to be confident in what we believe. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I want to read it from the New King James, but then I'm going to read it from the Mirror Translation because it is a descriptive uh, picture of what the New King James will tell us. Ephesians 4, verse 14. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. I want you to underline this in your Bible. By the trickery of men... And then also underline this, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Those two phrases, the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Now let me read to you from the mirror translation that will give you a description of these two phrases and then I want to make a point before we move forward. The most dangerous life this, that you can live is an ignorant one. Can anybody look around and see any... Oh, I won't go there. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> the most dangerous life that we can live is an ignorant one. You're left like an infant on a ship 
out of control in the waves and winds of the storms of life. What are we weatherproofing for? The storms of life. Why are we telling you that you need to be wise and you need to be confident so that you won't relive a dangerous life like an infant on a ship out of control, tossed to and fro, back and forth by the winds and the waves of the storms of life? Here it is. The fall of the dice dictates while the deceptive teachings of men and their distracting tricks entertain. So if I would look at the trickery of men, what that phrase in the Greek, Greek means is it is a gambler who has two sets of dice in his hand. One set of dice is loaded and he knows that every time he rolls it, he knows what he's going to get and he cheats others. And he has the ability to have both, have both sets of dice in his hand and when he releases that, those dice to only release the ones that are loaded so he gets what he wants while keep, keeping the other dice in his hand. False teachings, false prophets that have the ability with this sleight of hand to get what they want out of it. It's called manipulation. There is witchcraft in the church. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because manipulation, according to Galatians, the fifth chapter, is witchcraft. See, we're looking for black magic and curses and seances. No, manipulation is witchcraft. That's what Paul tells the Galatian church, that those who would have two sets of dice as gamblers in their hand that would give you a message that, motive, that manipulates you to a point that they benefit from it, is false doctrine and false teaching. When you hear that, when you hear it week in and week out, and you begin to be indoctrinated by it, then you are going to live an ignorant life, uneducated of the truth, and you will be tossed to and from in the storms of life. It's good preaching. The cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. The cunning craftiness here represents in the Greek, it is a picture of one who makes products and the ingredients that go into that product let's just say that this is coca-cola and there are ingredients that go in this to make this coca-cola but what the cunning craftiness does they begin to mix other ingredients into it so if the the recipe calls for certain measurements of ingredients to make a coca-cola they are mixing other ingredients instead of getting 12 ounces now they're getting 36 ounces out of it they're water <laughs> they're watering it down and they're giving you something other than the beautiful picture of what the ingredients could produce. I'll tell you what it is. It's a mixture of law and grace. It's a mixture of preaching or, add, as Paul said, adding anything to Jesus. You can't add anything to Jesus. He's perfect sound doctrine. But when you start mixing something, you're getting something more than what you paid for. You're getting something different than what was given to you. We've been given perfect doctrine, perfect theology, Jesus. You don't have to add anything to Jesus to receive salvation. Can I get an amen? amen. There's not anyone saved. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Nobody makes it without the blood of Jesus being applied. It's all about Jesus. Quit mixing anything with Jesus. Many are so unstable and tossed because of indoctrination. I've preached it here for years and I will continue to preach it. 
when you are indoctrinated, you know what the preacher believes and why he believes it. But when you become educated, you're no longer a child. You put away childish things and you begin to look into the scripture and allow the Holy Spirit. Everything that I say to you should be tested and tried against the scripture. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you. Find a preacher in the valley that will tell you, you can question me on anything. You might not like my answer, but you can question me on anything. I'm not above questioning. Take what is presented to you from this pulpit, by, from no matter who stands behind it on any given Sunday, and test it against the Scripture and ask the Holy Spirit, how do you want me to apply that to my life? How can I be educated in that so I can have confidence in what I believe so that I can weather the storm? I'm not going through the storm you're going through right now. And you're not going through the storm that I'm going through right now. But I tell you, we all are going to go through a storm. You're either going into one, you're in one, or you're coming out of one. That's just the cycle of life. In this world, you will have storms. But be confident, I have overcome. That's a message of the beautiful Jesus that has already overcome the world. And you can have sound doctrine and be confident in that. I don't know why I've got the preach on me this morning. Lisa would be saying, be kind. And I, I am trying to be kind. I am kind. I'm just excited because I want you to be confident. I want to be confident in what I believe and in who I am. When we are confident in what we believe, we will never be taken down the, long, the wrong road. We'll never go down the wrong path when we are confident in what we believe. Bishop T.D. Jake says that in the storms of life, it's never time to change your theology. Don't try to change your belief system when you're in the middle of the storm. That's why you need to be confident on this side of the storm so that when you're in the storm, you can hold fast and you will be stable to that which you've placed your faith in. I'm thankful that he's able to keep all that I've committed unto him against that day. He has keeping power. That's good, sound doctrine. He has the keeping power. I don't have to keep myself. But he will give me every instruction and direction that I need so that I am safe and strong and secure in the midst of the storm. Listen, a storm can be defined as an emotionally charged situation wherein everything you believe, everything that you are, and everything that you possess is threatened. And then hopelessness ensues. So any crisis, trouble, battle, problem that is emotionally charged and begins to threaten everything that you are, everything that you believe, and everything that you possess. When you have children, when you have a relationship with your children, and then all of a sudden there's a major crisis, there's a tragedy that takes place. It's a life, you're, you're weighing in the balance of life and death, and you get that phone call and your heart drops to your toes. And you don't know all the details yet. You better be confident that you have a God. <laughs> there was no hopelessness when we get the word because we have a God who is, we can be confident that he ha we have hope in him. I, could I have a list of things and there's no, no reason 
for going through the list because you can name any problem, battle situation that you're going through or going to go through and put yourself in the middle of that. And if it's threatening who you are, what you believe, and what you possess, it's a storm. A storm does not automatically produce spiritual growth, but there is something about going through, somebody going through. Say, say going through. God's way is always through. It's never to camp out in, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Whatever you're in, I've been telling Mary this for days now. The days ahead of you are better than what you're going through right now. You're walking through this. It might take a week. It might take a month. It might take a year. I don't have a timetable for you, but I know that you are coming through. Mm. I'm going through. I'm going to stay right there for a second. I'm going through. I'm going through this crisis. I'm going through this divorce. I'm going through this financial collapse. I'm going through the loss of my loved one. I'm going through that work situation, that relationship that is tumultuous. I'm going through it. I'm not going to camp out in it. I'm not going to lose my life in it. I may feel dashed against the rocks right now in the storms of life, but I'm not going to lose who I am, what I believe, and any of my possessions, it'd be good for somebody to stand up on their feet and clap their hands and say, I'm going through this storm. Hmm. Yes, Lord. So, and that, that light keeps flashing on and on. Yes, Lord, I see it. Thank you. So today, to build confidence in you so that you can weather the storm, I'm going to deposit a seed of truth in you, into the soil of your soul. You want to receive it? Yes, so I, right now, I ask you that you open your heart and your mind, and you just right now just ask the Lord to open your heart and your mind, your will and your emotions. As we plant an incorruptible seed of the Word of God in your heart, deep within you. Now allow the Holy Spirit to brood over that. He's going to go into the depths of your pain this morning. Now may this word germinate and grow deep within you. You will begin to feel something growing on the inside of you in the next days and weeks. It's going to be in the inner man. You're going to feel this growth taking place. The seed will mature and you will begin to birth hope. In every situation. You're going to birth forth so much hope. That you will begin to bring forth life. In every hopeless situation that you encounter. Not only for yourself. But for everyone that you come in contact with. Do you want to receive that word this morning? You're going to walk away. I prophesy. You're going to walk away with a spirit. An energized spirit of confidence. That you can weather any storm that comes your way. Thus saith the Lord. And I receive it for myself as well. So I'm going to be using Acts 27. I'm not going to read it to you this morning. I want you to take that home. I want you to reference it this week. I want you to study it as the Holy Spirit. If you, I'm telling you, if you will begin to take time. See, I'm not one of these guys that tells you if you don't read the Bible every day you're going to hell. But I will tell you that if you will read the scriptures and you will begin to study the scriptures, that the Holy Spirit will begin to deposit so much in you that when you need it, it will come out of you and you can have confidence in it. 
So I encourage you to stay in the Word of God. He will speak, the voice of the Spirit will speak on the inside of you as you read what He says about you. So we're going to see here uh, that Paul was in three shipwrecks in his life, and this is one of those three shipwrecks as he's on his way to face trial in Rome, and the storm washes him up eventually on the island of Malta. If you've never listened, go to our YouTube page and look up the the, the message on Change Your Perspective. It's all about the island of Malta, uh, where we get off of Wyland. You don't need a reason. You need a revelation. You don't need a re reason why you're going through what you're going through. You need a revelation of what God wants to show you in what you're going through. Get off of Wyland. We can see here in the story of Paul in Acts 27, though, that he was able to weather the storm because he had confidence. Even though he was shipwrecked because he was confident, I find four things that Paul was confident in that I believe are sound doctrine that will point you to Jesus, that will give you rock-solid beliefs that you will have confidence in who you are and what you believe so that you can be weatherproof for the storms of life. Are you ready? So Hebrews 6.19 says, This confidence is like a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It holds, doesn't it, Hank? The anchor holds. It leads us, here's that word again, through <laughs> to the curtain of heaven into God's inner sanctuary where we can come boldly to ask and obtain mercy in our time of need. Here, are, here they are, four things. Number one, Paul had a confidence in the presence of God. If you can get a confidence in you and about you and believe and really believe that he will never leave you. Hebrews 13, 5, I will never, no never, under any circumstance, leave you. I will not loosen my grip on your life. Preacher, you have said that time and again. Yes, I have. And I'm going to keep saying it because you have to develop, I have to develop a confidence in the sound doctrine that Jesus will never leave you. It doesn't matter what you did last night, what you looked at this week, who you talked to that you shouldn't have talked to, and who you should have talked to that you didn't talk to. He will never leave you. That is not condoning poor behavior and bad decision making, it is giving you confidence that even because of your poor decisions, He will never leave you. Sin does not scare God. He does not run from it. He runs to it. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, He didn't go hide Himself from them. Adam and Eve went and hid themselves from God and God came looking for them. Adam, where are you? Sin does not separate you from a holy God. Matter of fact, He doesn't leave you when you sin. He will be tapping on your heart's door. He will be speaking to you. He will be reminding you that you are a son. He will be reminding you that He loves you and gave His life for you. And that like a prodigal, He'll see you coming and He'll run after you. And He'll bring a, rowing, a ring and a robe. Why? Because Abba, I belong to you. <laughs> the storms of life cannot hide the face of God. It does not matter how hard the wind is blowing, how hard the rains are falling, or how dark the sky it will be with the clouds of the storm. The storms cannot hide the face of God from the child of God. He will never leave you. 
That is a strong doctrine that you can be confident in that no matter what you're facing, He is with you. Lo, I am with you always, He said to His disciples. The shepherd has you covered. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And yea, though I do walk through that valley of the shadow of death, what is the promise? I will fear no evil. Why? You are with me. Number two, he had the confidence in the promises of God. As Paul weathered the storm, he was reminded of the promise that he had received from the Lord. That he would stand before Caesar. It's just like the word that he gave to the disciples. I'll meet you on the other side. Even though they faced a storm in the middle, the promise was, I'll see you on the other side. Paul had a word from God that he would stand before Caesar. Come hell or high water, the word of God that he gives to you, you can hang on to it. It is a promise. 1 Kings 8.56 says, There has not failed one word of all of God's promises to his children. Joshua 21.45 says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord spoke to his children. How many things has he said he would do that he didn't do? There's not one. What he said he would do, Romans says, he is well able to perform it. The storms of life cannot destroy the child of God. That's a promise. It may feel like you've been dashed against the rocks. It may feel like you've been out to sea for days and days and days with nothing to eat and nothing to drink. But the promise of God to Paul on the ship was no life will be destroyed. No loss of life. I prophesied to you this morning there was not, has not been and there will not be one word that God has ever spoken to you that will fail. Sounds like to me you need to get you a word. One word from God is enough to get you through the storms of life. One word. He can give you one word as a promise. And if you'll hold on to that one word and have confidence that he's able to perform it, it will get you through the dark days. I'm having fun this morning. I hope you are. Number three, he had confidence in the plan of God. Storms can't hide his face. Storms cannot destroy the child of God. And storms do not change God's mind about you. Can we review the story of Jonah very quickly in two verses from Jonah? Jonah 1.1. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, go thou to Nineveh. Do you know the story? He disobeyed. He got himself in a storm. See, because you'll be in a storm sometimes because of the decisions you've made. Sometimes you'll be in a storm because of the decisions that others have made. And sometimes storms just come through life. And we're not looking to blame the devil. We're blame God. But sometimes storms just come. But this particular time, Jonah got himself in a storm because he disobeyed and went completely in the opposite direction to Tarshish. He got himself in a storm. They're throwing stuff overboard. They're tr- all these guys are worried about they're going to lose their life, shipwrecked, all this stuff. And they finally realize that they're in a storm because of Jonah. And they throw Jonah overboard. Mm. What you are going through isn't meant to harm you or kill you. Even in the shipwreck or being thrown overboard, it didn't kill him. He's still alive in the belly of that great fish. 
the scripture says that he comes to himself, and I would uh, encourage you to go from Jonah 1-1 and just turn over three chapters. You can skip all of the tragedy, the mess that he got himself into, and the seaweed and the vomit, and you can get to chapter 3, verse 1, because God does not change his mind about you when you're in a storm. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, go thou to Nineveh. Did it change? See, I've heard preachers tell me, because you went through divorce, you can't preach anymore. See, the, what they were telling me was that because I went through a storm, God changed his mind about me. He didn't change his mind about me. He hasn't changed his mind about you. Just because you're going through a storm, the plan of God for your life is still on your life. Because the gifts and the calling are irrevocable. Man might try to take them away from you, but what God has given to you, He will never take away from you. He's got a plan for your life. Paul had a purpose. You've got a purpose. Even though he was in a storm, he knew he would live and not die. I prophesy to you today that you shall live and not die to declare the goodness of God in the land of the living because he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And that plan is to prosper you and not to harm you. That plan is to give you hope and a future. His plan includes peace and prosperity. You want to raise your hand and receive that. His plan, it includes pardon and protection. I like this one. It includes deliverance and delight. And praise God, it includes freedom. Frank, if you'll come. Number four, he had confidence in the power of God. Storms can't hide his face. Storms can't destroy you, storms can't, doesn't change God's mind about you, and storms cannot weaken the powerful hand of Almighty God. I'm talking about strong doctrine that you can have confidence in. In His presence, in His promise, in His plan, and in His power. Those are strong necessities that we need to believe in that will become anchors in our life. That they don't, we're not tossed to and from. We're not immature children that don't know what they believe in. We've educated ourselves to the fact that Jesus will never leave us and nor forsake us. We've educated ourselves to the fact that He has given us promises in His Word that we can hang on to. And we can have confidence in the plan that He has for our lives. And how is all of this accomplished? Because He has great power. And storms don't weaken the power of God. Only the power of God is strong enough to be your anchor. It may look like your boat's going to sink. <laughs> I've been there many days. When I look out over the bow of the ship and I see the winds and the waves and I'm trying to bail out the water as fast as I can and I don't think I'm going to make it and the, this boat's going to sink any day now. I remember the old song I used to hear sung years back. <laughs> if it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me not where would I be. Matter of fact, one song says it had, had not for grace. If not for grace, where would I be? I'm thankful for His hand of mercy on me, His hand of power that brought me through. It may like, look like the storms of life will prevail, but when the waves have settled down, Come on, somebody help me right here. When the winds have ceased to blow, when the rain have ab has abated, and the floods begin to recede, and the storm clouds have rolled back over the horizon, and the sun begins to shine, 
I can tell you that the Lord has been on my side working it out all along. Because Luke 137 says, For with God all things are possible. Jeremiah 32, 17 says, For thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Nothing is too difficult for thee. Would you stand with me? Some days I walk out of this sanctuary after preaching and I feel like that I'm a complete failure. I'm just telling you how I feel. I'm not, I don't dwell on that. Because sometimes you just don't feel like you've done a very good job in helping people. But all I can do is plant the seed. There are other days that I walk out of here and I feel like I could run through the Pittsburgh Steel Curtain defense. But this, this week as I prepared this message, I felt something in my spirit that many have had their confidence riddled. The picture that the Holy Spirit gave me when I was preparing is in my mind I saw your ships and they have many holes in them. Some of you feel like you're going down for the last time. But I'm here to build your confidence. To give you strong doctrine that is a necessity as an anchor. Anchor yourself in the identity of who you are in Christ. I'm I'm prophesying to you right now. Identify with Christ. Anchor yourself in that identity. If you are in an emotional storm, it's time to throw some of your toxic relationships overboard. I had to say that one again. If you're in an emotional storm, it's time to discard and throw overboard some of the relationships, some of the habits that are toxic, some of the thoughts. Just throw it overboard this morning. Some of you need, and I'm going to talk specifically to those watching by the internet right now, if you'd get this camera on right here. Some of you need to seek out community and get back in church. When we all get together, we become, as we sang this morning, unstoppable. We need you, and you need us. Get back in church. Seek out community. Stop isolating yourself. When you're in a storm, is never the time to isolate. Start moving. I just want to give you what the Lord was giving me. Some of you need to start exercising. You're in the storms of life in a health situation and you don't move. You need to get up. And, can I, I'm just, I have to tell you what the Holy Spirit gave me. I mean, everything that I say, I try to apply it to my own life and say, am I doing these things? Matthew is literally wearing me out with the exercises that he's putting me through. I mean, I, I will, I think when I get this microphone, I'm going to give it stuck right here because I'm so sore we need to move here's a good one clear your conscience 1 Timothy 1.19 says good faith and a clear conscience which some have rejected and because you've rejected good faith and a clear conscience you're shipwrecked it's 1 Timothy 1.19 clear your conscience there's only one way to clear your conscience repent Change your mind. Avoid the comparison trap. 
Some of you are comparing yourselves to your storm to other people's storms. Some of you are in storms and you're comparing your life to those who are not in a storm right now. They've come through. And you're going through, but when you compare yourself, it becomes coveting and coveting leads to complaining. Complaining kills creativity and it invites serpents to inject their poison into you because complaining produces snakes. And lastly, this is leading us into next week. You've got to learn to rest. We will explore that greater next week. But as we endeavor to give you resources and materials needed to weatherproof your life, you need to have confidence. And see, when we're wise, then that helps us with our confidence. And when we're wise and built on the rock and we're confident in what we believe, then we can begin to rest and be patient as we go into the storms of life and when, we're, when we are in the storms of life. Jesus didn't fall, learn to fall asleep on the boat. He knew how to rest before he ever got in a storm. That's what we're going to explore next week. And then all that will lead to us being brave in the storms of life. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes as we close out this morning? If you're in a storm right now, I prayed this this morning downstairs with the team. You may think that your storm is major. Someone else looks at it and thinks, well, that's a molehill compared to what I'm going through. So we're not going to compare ourselves, but people are going through things all around you. Would you ask the Lord to give you some discernment? I believe that as we begin to pray for others who are going through their storms, maybe we won't be so conscious of our own storm. God will help us to help them, and then He in turn will help us. So ask the Holy Spirit for discernment right now. Lord, open our eyes and our ears and our discernment this week as we see people. Because, Father, it's not just church-going people that have storms. Everybody in life got storms. Help us to see that. Help us to bring calm and peace, assurance through loving others the way that you have loved us. Someone's contemplating a decision, a major decision. Course, a, a full life course direction change. It's like I see you doing a U-turn. You, you, you were going down a road and you are making the decision right now to turn around and start going the other way. Don't know what that's about. I have no clue. I know in part and I prophesy in part. He's giving a word of knowledge right now. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's just what I hear him saying. Keep going in that direction. Don't make the U-turn. Keep going in the direction that you're going on. In. He is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He just gave you a word. That's a promise that He's with you. Keep going in the same direction. May not look like much. May even in bring in hopelessness, hopelessness when you look at the situation. But remember, He's well able to perform what He's promised. And He will not fail you know who that's for I don't know what that's about it might be somebody on the internet but don't make that U-turn 
Keep going. Would everyone agree and say amen? That means so be it. So be it, Lord. Can we just wait here for a moment, every hand raised, and just begin to worship the Lord for a second? He wants to say something.